0: Awkward, silent pause. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in this series we're doing called One More. And uh, this series is about the mission of our church, the soul of our church. Our mission statement for years has been advancing the kingdom of God one person at a time, but in prayer this year we, we felt led to change it, and uh, while the idea is the same, uh, uh, we wanted to build on that the mission so that everybody knew what our mission was. And, and so our mission now is one more. Same same idea, just something that you should be able to understand. And we even have a nifty hand sign to go along with it. One more. And uh, this goes along with the last eight months that we talked about in the ministry of encouragement, which we boiled down really to doing two things every day, being thankful for five things, which is how we love God. And encouraging two people, how we love others, so that we can get one more back to dad. And because of the 5 two, one thing, our, our sort of foundational verse for that is 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, that talks about God making Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And in looking at that scripture, we, we build in context backwards and we're reading uh, and studying verses 11 through 21. Um, which gives us some ideas about how to fulfill the mission that God has given us today we 'll be in second Corinthians uh, chapter five verses thirteen through fifteen we 'll get there in just a moment. If you have your Bibles you want to turn there. you can get there yeah, the bible's are on the rows as well, or you can read along in the notes or they 'll show up overhead. Lots of ways to get to the word today, but I uh, want to make sure you have your favorite way to get to that and uh, we're going to we're gonna plunge in with more of our mission, but I wanted to start really today by expanding on a concept that I introduced last week. So if you weren't here last week, um, we sort of kicked it off and I can't review the whole thing, but it's online if you want to go watch it. But uh, I started introducing this idea of mission and that our mission is one more and that the importance of a mission, a statement and knowing is that it helps you to evaluate what you're doing uh, as a church because there's all sorts of good things to do. But, but they don't always necessarily fit in the mission that God has given you. And that we are very confident that God has given us this ministry of and, and mission of one more. He's given us the ministry of encouragement to help us move into this mission. And that that allows us to evaluate. Why do we do things that we do? Why don't we do other things that other churches do? Why are we different? Why are we this? Well, it's because this is our mission. Other churches have their own mission. God uses them in different things. What that frees us up to do is to bless them and to pray for them. We don't. We're not in competition with them. We can bless them to do and be and and move into the things that God's got. they're called them to, knowing that He's called us into this idea. And so we have to. Uh, in in taking that on then, examine a lot of the things that we do all the time, and we can evaluate those things by our mission. And I said last week that one of the concepts uh, that I was bringing out was this calling that we have to get one more requires that we hang out with the culture. Um, That we don't engage in sin, but we have to hang out with the culture, and that the church sometimes has a tendency to circle the wagons. And I explain that as sort of, because it's a fallen world, it's difficult out there, We and I get it, uh, we sort of want to sometimes get everybody in and just kind of keep them safe and hang on to them and, and just try and sort of let that pass us, but that's not what we're called to. And so, you know, we have a calling to go out there and hang out with the culture. And that, to me, the idea was that that we're, uh, as a church, we're, we're to be a force, not a fortress, and and so it's a different way of looking at what's happening. We're to be a force, not a fortress. And when I was thinking about all that, I, I brought it up last week. But when I was thinking about it, I didn't give you this part, I had in my mind the idea of a mass unit. And that, that we're sort of like a mash unit. And and uh, if you if you I'm sure you watch MASH M- mobile armory surgical hospital, they were out in here in the front lines and they were right there to deal with people who were in need, and so I started thinking, well, we're like a mash, but we're not quite like a mash, you know, we're not, we're not certainly an army surgical hospital, but I was thinking, but we're a force, and, and so I came up with an acronym for force, and, and I want to, I, I brought it up briefly last week, I want to bring it up today, so a force, and there's a blank for these in your notes, we're a front line, I believe we're on the front lines, and we're, we're going to, we'll deepen that over the next couple of weeks, we're a frontline operation, and we do in these three things in terms of our mission. We're reconciling with a radical message. We're caring with radical hospitality. And we're encouraging with radical generosity. And that, that we'll be expanding on this concept of force today and in the weeks ahead as we look in Second Corinthians 5. Together. And so so part of our mission of one more, then, we're to be a, be a force. And in the process, we'll be involved in presenting a radical message with radical hospitality and radical generosity. And when I use that term radical, what, what, my, what I'm trying to get across is uh, it's in the sense of meaning not what people expect. Not what people expect. Our message is not what people expect anymore in our culture Our hospitality needs to be above and beyond what they expect, and our generosity needs to be above and beyond what people expect. And that this is part of being a force in our culture, being being a force, and bringing lost people home to dad. See, that's lost children need to come back to dad. That's that's the driving thing behind it all. So, in Second Corinthians five thirteen through fifteen. Paul says this, which fits in perfectly, I think, with who we are. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 13 through 15. And so I want to look at those few verses, unpack them a little bit in, in the way that they relate to our mission. And so the first thing that, that I want to talk about is, and the first point there in your notes after the fourth thing, is, is that we need to do outreach that makes people say, what? By that I mean we need to stop them. They need to be, why are you doing this? What's this all about? What's the catch? What, why, we don't get it. Why do you guys do this stuff? Why, why, and, and that's what the outreach needs to make them do. Um, it, it, we need to do it in such a way, um, that, that they are stopped. And so back to encouraging two people. We live in a discouraging world. Just encouraging people will make them go, huh, that's not what I normally get. Or expect. Doing a one dollar car wash, like we had the slides running earlier. If you, if you didn't see the pictures, we, you know, we, we've got this new thing we're doing. We're wash cars and then when we're done, we give them a dollar. It makes them say what, big time. This free lunch thing that we're doing, we've done it. Uh, when you give someone a nice free lunch and a bottle, nice cold bottle of water, they, they just look at you like, why, what? And it, and what's the point? We're trying to get them to stop and, and maybe have to think. See my my uh, the idea the reason I like the free lunch thing is I use the concept of a free lunch and and because you know where everybody goes is well there's no such thing as a free lunch but well, you just got one <laughs> so maybe you ought to think about some other stuff as well and we we use that concept to help people think and and this is about demonstrating a radical generosity a a generosity that is not what people expect and we do it because we're trying to destroy stereotypes and opinions that people have of the church and of god we're we're, we're trying to, to knock them back a little so that they'll think because a lot of people have gotten set into things that aren't the truth and they never once they once they hit a spot they just quit thinking about it they feel like they've settled the matter and they haven't if they haven't come to know christ the matter is the matter is not settled and so we have to kick them back into gear a little bit, lovingly. Not, not kicking anyone, but you know what I mean. The, the idea is to make them stop and wonder. And if they think we're out of our mind, we're doing it for them. But if they get it, guess what? We weren't out of our mind at all. That's Paul, what he's talking about. Well, if we're out of our mind, it's, you know, it's for his sake. And so, uh, it's for the sake of God, and if we're in our right mind, it is for you. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 13. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it is for you. So, we, we go and do these things because they're important, and they have to become extremely important. Uh, there, there has to be a constant moving out, because it's very tempting to circle up. Very tempting to circle the wagon, so we have to keep stuff out there, it keeps us moving out with the culture. That's why even as simple as encouraging two people a day will get you out of the circled wagon. Pass through it. Move through it. We have outreaches scheduled pretty much every weekend from now on. Um, we're doing a baptism two weeks from now. But other than that, we're running through uh, outreaches. Oh, And let me mention, March 5th, we're doing a baptism uh, out at Bayahonda Beach Barbecue Baptism. Those are a lot of fun. And we have a big party and lots of people come. And if you've never been baptized, you need to get baptized. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to be baptized. It's not an option. It's part of the deal. And other people will come who don't remember being baptized. I'm not challenging the, uh, the theological uh, idea of you being baptized as a kid or whatever. I'm saying it's a very powerful memory. And if you don't have it, you might want to consider um, coming and getting baptized. So that will be March 5th, two Saturdays from now. All right, back on track. So... This idea then of radical generosity, of outreach that makes people say what? Is all to get them to maybe rethink some things so that we can move them towards the Lord by our actions so we get one more. Secondly, our motivation for doing these things has to be love. It has to be love. Um, Because God has loved us, we realize and get that there's a whole lost world out there the desperately need to come to know Christ and to get into relationship with God again. Second Corinthians 5.14, For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. It's His love that compels us and needs to be what compels us. Now, as we move into the culture, though, <laughs> see, this is where it gets tricky because... Love in a postmodern world, which is what we live in, um, is defined by acceptance. That's that's how the culture defines love. They define it as acceptance. And so what the, what we have to do in order to have a chance with people is we have to learn to accept them where they are. Now, let's talk about that a minute. Because the problem that the church has the people have with the church, a lot of times, is they don't find us to be very accepting. They, they don't think we're very accepting at all. In fact, they think we're so rigid that there's not much love to be found. And, and what we have to do is, we have to break that stereotype. And, and to overcome this, what most of us have to grab a hold of, is that accepting people is not licensing their sin. Accepting people where they are does not mean you're saying that their sin is okay. Because you're not. That's not what you're saying. Sin is sin. Sin is wrong. Sin is problematic. Sin is a big issue. Jesus had to come because of sin. And 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 so we're not making light of it at all. However, if you don't love people first, you never get to talk to them about the other stuff. It just won't come up. And so you you people don't get judged into this thing. They get loved into it. And so it's a it's a it's it's something that we have to work on all the time. And you have to have as your model for this the life of Jesus. Because the, the model that the church has given us over the last 50 years or whatever isn't good in most cases. It's very judgmental, very standoffish, and it's missed the point in a lot of ways. And yet Jesus hung out with the culture. Jesus hung out with sinners. Jesus hung out with the worst of the sinners, the tax collectors. And he loved them. He never once licensed their sin. He never once said, it's fine for you to do whatever, ever. But he loved them in such a way that they were drawn to him and and brought into repentance and relationship with Christ. Um, And that's how that stuff works and continues to work. And we have to, and I talked about this last week, and it'll come up a lot. We have to see people as Jesus does, and we have to see the beauty of their potential. We just have to. or you can't minister to them. The moment you label someone as a sinner, you will not treat them the way they need to be treated. You just won't. You just won't. You just have to love them. Where they're at isn't the big issue. It's getting them to know God. It's so one can come. The thing is, we don't have to get them right before they come. You know who does that? Once they come in, the Holy Spirit takes care of it. And he starts working away at it. Just like he does in you and me. Anybody here arrived? Don't, don't say yes to that because that just proves you're not even worse. We're in process. And he's working on us. And he's working on us all the time. That's what he does with people. But we have a tendency to sort of take the worst and make them tax collectors and then we can't relate to them. And so... We, we have to love people where they are and trust God by His Spirit to work out the rest. And they gotta know that there's a God who loves them. And that's the radical message. That's the radical message that, that we'll read more of in the, in the coming scriptures that, that this message He's given us is that God's not counting sins, men's, uh, men's sin against them anymore because of Christ. He's made a way for them to get three. We have this radical message. We call it the good news. I talked about it a little last week, but it it comes up that Christ died for our sins, He was buried, and He raised again, was raised again on the third day. And, and the ministry that's produced by good news is reconciliation. People being reconciled to God. Because He's made a way in Christ for that to happen. A way for us to be forgiven and, 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 and to bridge the, the separation that was caused by our sin. So that we can live with Him now and forever. So we have this radical message, this very powerful message. Counterculture, remember I said that we have to, we, we have to live it out in front of people. We don't just get to speak it because they just dismiss it. But when you live it out in front of them, then they gotta stop and think. And, and it's, see when you love people, they just can't dismiss you. A lot of people have dismissed the church because they're feeling like they're hypocrites or judgmental. But if you're just loving them, much harder to just write you off especially when you've been demonstrating radical generosity and encouragement, then it's like really hard to write you off. They have to, well, they must be crazy. Well, that's okay. If we're out of our mind, it's for his sake. But if we're not, it's so that we can get one more. Well, with those two things in mind, then ministering for him is our calling. It's the calling of all of us is to live for him. And it's also where we find life. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And so, so the calling now is to live for him. It's bigger than us. It's more than us. He takes care of us, which is cool, and we have this now and forever life, which is the best deal anywhere, but the life that we live now, we no longer live for ourselves. We live for him. And we ask him every day, God, what do you want for today? It's like reporting in for duty every day what you're supposed to do. Here I am, Lord. What do you got for me today? What's my assignment or assignments for the day? And we listen and we respond and we, we, we're thankful and we encourage so that we can get one more. The Apostle Paul gives us some advice on, on living this calling. Romans twelve nine through 13. This is the message paraphrase. And, and I love it because this particular chunk of verses sort of gives us a great idea of what it looks like. To, to minister for him, to live for him. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. And be inventive in hospitality. See, as we present this radical message with radical generosity, we also need to be inventive in radical hospitality. Radical hospitality. So as part of our mission, what we do is we we get out there and we're encouraging people all the time in our daily lives and we're we're trying to bless them, and we're we're doing some outreaches and stuff to try and draw people. And we do this stuff all year. We do big Thanksgiving things and things at Christmas. You know, if you've been here, we do all sorts of stuff in order to get people into the kingdom. Ultimately, which is great. We don't care how they get in if they get into the kingdom of God. But at some level, when you're out there doing things, and you need to have a place where you can bring them, because some people are looking for that. And so we we try and get them to come here. Um, I, and like I said, I'm, if they go, to, if they anywhere they step into the church and hear the word of God is good with me. But at some level, we have to think about bringing them through the doors. And and when they come in here, this is what needs to happen. They need to feel loved. They need to feel accepted. They need to feel comfortable, so that God can touch and heal them. You have to break down some of those things. Uh, in the Greek, that idea of hospitality means a love of strangers. And so what we have to do is. Find this balance where we remove some of the religious barriers that keep people from hearing the radical message of Jesus. We've got to find this place where it's comfortable enough for people to come. At the same time, we, we still got to be the church. And so we, we are always looking for balance. Um, and I love the question that people ask all the time, is this a church or a restaurant? That means we're in balance. I think it's a wonderful thing. We actually we made some new things to hand to people when they come in and ask that question for them. And, and we're, we play on that in some of our outreach. In some of our outreach, we invite people in for food. We don't even mention that we're a church. We just say we're the vineyard. with live entertainment come for free food? I think it's good. And and, and so, um, we, we have to be set up so that people feel comfortable. People feel loved. People feel so that God has the opportunity to touch and to heal them. And so the things that we do on the weekend really are geared to help people to come and just be a part and show up and feel comfortable. And, and you know, that I think we when people come, a lot of times for the first time, some of you have first time experiences. That, you know, they, there's food, uh, depending on what service they came to. Maybe they had to stand in line, which was really weird for them. If there's a church here. You have to stand in line to get in. I go out there all the time. If you've never heard me, I explain to people, you only have to stand in line if you want breakfast. If you just want to come in, come on in. And a few people will leave the line and come in. But most of them are like, breakfast? No, we're good. So they stand in line and they they come in. But see, we, we, we need to be a place... Listen, it's all about being a place that's an attraction to the lost. We... It should be be good. It should be fun. I think it is. I think it's good for us that are in already that it's fun. And people experience that. But we have them in mind that it's more than us. We do this for more than us. We're always trying to get one more. However we can. Whatever we can do. And so we have to practice radical hospitality. So, you know, when you're here, if you're eating, make sure you say hi to people you don't know. That's hospitality. Practice it. Be inventive. A lot of people stop doing that here because we have four services. And they go up to someone they've never seen before and say, are you new here? No, I've been coming here for six years. And that experience bums them out and they feel weird and they never do it again. Don't ask that question. Just come up and say, hey, I don't think we've ever met. Now, sometimes they'll say, yeah, we met like four times. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) But we always want people to feel comfortable, accepted, loved. Like they they that they can be a part, they can belong, and and so we have to practice it. But everybody needs to practice it when they come in. You know, we get a lot of stuff ready, but everybody's got to do it. I can't get to everybody. Neither can you know. Everybody should be doing it. There should be. And when people come in, they should know that they're accepted. I want to read you this postcard. This came in the mail this week, very timely. It's an honest postcard. See, I didn't make it up. I didn't send it to myself for the illustration and the message. Dear Pastor Steve. I spent two Sundays and a Wednesday evening at your church as a visitor in January. I really enjoyed your services and the sermons. Every morning now I give uh, my five thankful things to be, I give five things to be thankful for and I encourage uh, two people a day and I'm working on bringing one person into my church. Your breakfast meal was so good. I have never known a church to do such a wonderful thing as that. Thank you for a wonderful two weeks. From Ohio, Gene. Well, that's good stuff, guys. You, yeah, yeah, amen. That's, that's, that's good stuff. And, and that's, that's what we need to keep doing. See, that's, that's an impact that goes beyond us, right? Now she's out there doing the stuff in Ohio. The people she touched can take it from there. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. After the car wash last week, we had some people that showed up on church for Sunday. They said, we gotta see what this was all about. And they came to church. And, uh, they were, they were checking us out and they, they had their free meal, you know, and they were sitting there and one of our people went up and said, can I take those plates for you? Cause she was on her way to the garbage and was just stopped by and being hospitable and one of the, the guy looked at her and said, you've already done enough. <laughs> His exact words were, you people have done enough. That's great. They were, he was weird about someone taking their plate because we would washed their car, given them a dollar and fed them. And they're like, no, I'll throw my own plate away. Look, that's so good. That's so what needs to happen, guys. That's how you break barriers down. That's how you loosen people up. That's how you get them to think. You take them out of what they're, what they're expecting into something different. And that's what we have to work on as a church. And so... Let's keep pressing on. We'll keep talking about this in the days and weeks ahead. Remember, be thankful for five things every day. Don't stop. That's how we love God. Encourage two people every day. That's loving others. So we can get one more back to Dad. That's what he's called us to. That's our mission. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. And if there's anything we can do, you can call us or uh, write us or email us or whatever. We'll see what we can do for you. But we're going to go ahead and close with prayer here.